Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of fours base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate out from there. Please grab a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the American West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. If you are an experienced hiker, new to hiking, or just planning a visit to Washington State and are in search of great hikes, the reference to use is WTA.org. The Washington Trails Association mission is to mobilize hikers and everyone who loves the outdoors to explore, steward, and champion trails and public lands. Their website is a great resource for locating hikes, getting current trail conditions, and so much more. Joining us today is Anna Roth, a hiking content manager for the WTA. Now, she researches hikes and works with a team of correspondents who help her improve Washington Trails Association's online hiking guide. She's happy to hike anywhere, whether it's a miles-long walk through her neighborhood or a multi-day backpacking trip, as long as the payoff is a view from a mountaintop, ridge, or pass. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. It's nice to talk to you. Washington Trails Association is a hiking nonprofit based out of Washington State. WTA started more than 50 years ago as sort of an advocacy and a centralized place for hikers to kind of communicate and talk to each other. So our roots are in the trip reports and the conditions reports that are part of our website today. Our founder, Louise Marshall, decided that there was so much great hiking in the area that it only made sense to publish some sort of newsletter or communication to help hikers plan for their hikes and know where conditions were good, know where there might be something, you know, maybe a road to worry about or a tree down somewhere. And so she started publishing Signpost Magazine. Technology evolved. We moved from being a magazine to adding in a website. Bill Sunderland was somebody who uh, decided, eh, I think maybe WTA could use a website. It's a great landing spot for all sorts of information like inspiration. Um, but if you have a hike you wanna do, you can check conditions um, with our online trip reports. If you're just getting into hiking or if you wanna kind of like take your hiking to the next level, we've got a whole suite of hiking resources, trail smarts, uh, you know, kind of like hiking etiquette, that sort of thing. Lots of tips for hiking with kids, dogs. We've got it all. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's, like I said, it's one of my favorite sites for doing your hike planning for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. One aspect I really like about uh, our website, and I don't know if you use this, but um, if you make an account on our website, it's called My Backpack, you can actually save hikes. So as you're browsing your site, you can save hikes that you want to do later uh, into your account and uh, add notes about them. So if you want to share your list of where you want to go with friends, you can you get your little unique URL and you can add notes to the hikes and share that out that way. Oh, that's actually, that's very cool. I did not know that. What in your mind are some things that make hiking in the Northwest, some things that people might need to have considerations that if they're coming to the area is not something perhaps they might be used to preparing for a hike wherever home is for them? That is a great question. Um, I think if I think people have varying tolerances for rain, that's a big one. I often talk about. I personally don't mind being too wet because I figure I'm going to get back to the car and dry off. But 
if getting wet at all is something that is a concern for you, then I would recommend certainly a raincoat, rain pants, or a rain skirt. Rain skirts have been kind of a game changer for me. They are lighter and they're not quite as like, they're not as hot, um, but they still keep the rain off of you. And they're also really nice, even if you are just wearing a raincoat, because you don't get that like wet mid thigh that happens yeah, the, your, from your jacket. <laughs> rain killing that, off yeah. your coat. So especially if you're going to be on the west side of the state, I would definitely recommend some rain gear. If you really want to go the extra mile, you can get gaiters. So you cover the, the, the gap between the top of your hiking boot and the, the bottom of your pant leg. There's also a lot of places in Washington, you really don't have to go that far away from the city to lose cell service. And so I always recommend people have a map, paper maps are great. Digital maps are, I would say, also good. The important thing is that you know how to read them and then that you know you'll be able to access it. So for example, I use Gaia, allows me to download an offline map of really any size. I can make, I can get a whole map of Washington State. It's gonna use up a lot of my phone memory, but you can get it. And then you can reference that while you're hiking. If you don't wanna do the digital thing, I get it. I recommend Green Trails Maps. They're locally made by somebody um, and he's been in business forever. They're very detailed. I really like them. There are a ton of water filtration systems out there that I would also recommend. I have found that because there's so many different ways to carry water filters that aren't necessarily that heavy, it's really freed up some weight in my pack. So day to day, if I'm just going out for the day, I don't mind carrying a bunch of water. But if I'm going to be going out backpacking or if your listeners are going to be going out backpacking, a lightweight water filter is going to be really important. Tons of water out here, but you do have to filter it for sure. I think those are kind of the big three you, you mentioned, you know, like the, the 10 essentials, of course, um, always bring those. And we've got that actually on our website. If you need to check it, wta.org, 10 essentials, check it out. So for those who might be coming to the greater Seattle area or, or are just looking for, you know, that day hike that they can do. Let's start with the family friendly. You give me like a couple. Tiger's really nice. Uh, it's really, it is close. Um, all of those is Alps in that area. Tiger, Squawk, Cougar, <clears throat> Taylor Mountain is under development, but it's another one that you can get, get out and check out. One I would recommend if you're willing to go a little bit further is Garfield Ledges. It's a two mile round trip, pretty short little hike, but it's the end of the Middle Fork Snoqualmie River Road and parking lot's pretty big. Uh, you need a Northwest Forest Pass but you're going to want, it's literally just like nice little switchbacks up through the forest. And on a clear day, um, you have this really beautiful view of this big valley. So you're basically looking back the way you came down the road and the river. And it's really, I mean, like, especially if you've got kids, it's great. The one thing I will say about that one is that there's a set of stairs on it that are pretty steep. So little, little kids might need help, but it's, it's a really nice hike. Okay. I'm just going to call out an area <laughs> and you just tell me the first hike that comes to mind. Oh man. Okay. 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 Are you um, ready? Oh, uh, family friendly or just no. like a good hike? Just a good hike. It doesn't necessarily okay. need to be family friendly. First hike that comes to mind. Cool. Okay. All right. Yes. Mount St. Helens. I grew up near Mount St. Helens. I love Mount St. Helens. I would say the Truman Trail. This is this is basically an extension. So if you go all the way out to Johnson Ridge, you can do this short sort of wheelchair friendly. Uh, paved section from the parking lot up past the visitor center and then to this really nice overlook. But if you go past that, the Truman Trail is about an eight mile round trip that takes you out into the open blast zone, basically, uh, with lots of really good views. I love that landscape. I know that like very like rocky lunar landscape is not for everyone. It is one of my favorite things to hike through. 
But the nice thing about uh, the Truman Trail specifically is you do get that really cool view of the crater and you can turn around whenever you want. Um, it's not really like you have to like get to a destination because you have great views the whole way. Okay. North Cascades. Oh, oh my God. Um, huh. Okay. Okay. Your listeners might not like me very much for this. Well, that's okay. Um, I don't need to I'm... like you. We just need to know about an awesome hike. <laughs> Maybe. This one's a rough one. Okay. Um, Sourdough Mountain is huge, huge payoff, but it is a hard trail. Um, I, it is very, very, like it's a ton of elevation gain per mile up to an old lookout. It's um, a lot of people think when they think about the North Cascades, they might think about Jack Kerouac and that like Desolation Angels book. That lookout's kind of hard to get to because you have to do a boat ride or a really long approach hike. But Sourdough Mountain does kind of the same view, but it's right off Highway 20. If Sourdough Mountain sounds awful, but you're in the area, there's also Statattle Creek kind of nearby. And it's this little kind of creek walk that's much shorter, much flatter, but um, still stunning. I mean, the North Cascades are absolutely gorgeous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go out to the peninsula. Olympic National Park area. Oh, man. Um, I Hurricane Ridge really is, I mean, no effort, right? Like drive to the top and you've got incredible views. Uh, Klahani Ridge uh, Trail is the one that I, you know, really, I like a lot. Great views, both north and south. So you get to see uh, Vancouver Island, straight to Juan de Fuca, but then back down into the park on the south end. It's actually, it's very high, but there's not a ton of elevation gain, which is really nice. And it leaves right from the visitor center, but that's right in the park. Uh, it's a great spot. Mount Rainier National Park. Mm, Mount Rainier, very good. I mean, paradise, I mean, paradise really is like it, right? I mean, that's like- Right, that's this, the big visitor center. That's where you're going to go. And that's- Yeah, yeah. Um, one note I will say about paradise is early season, you might, depending on snow, you might still need chains to get up to paradise. So if you get stuck at Longmire in your car, that's fine. There's lots of good stuff in Longmire. Rampart Ridge Loop is a very nice little, nice little one with like a cool little like payoff view of Rainier. But if you get up to paradise, uh, the Skyline Trail is gorgeous. That's kind of like the one I think everybody does. And if you take the, the Skyline Trail up and then you can come down through the Golden Gate Trail, uh, it kind of bisects down through this, this meadow that is just like really beautiful. And it gives you a little more mileage if you want it. But there's, I mean, going up to the turnoff with Camp Mirror and heading back is totally fine too. When would you say is the best time to really get the spring flowers? You know, where you, where you start getting the bloom and it's getting it, you're getting into that full spring floral and fauna. Probably later than you think. Um, one thing, this actually is, is good, especially for people who are not from Washington listening to this. The snow here sticks around for a long time and it sticks around at lower elevations than you'd expect. So I'm going to say flowers at Paradise are probably happening in like late June, early July, maybe even into mid-July. But one nice thing about WTA is if you go to the trip reports at WTA.org, you can filter them by wildflowers and Mount Rainier and even down to paradise. And you can see when year over year people have seen wildflowers. So you can kind of see trends. And sometimes people will even in their trip reports say like, oh, this was a really heavy snow year. So the flowers were late. That is a really good way to check, you know, like, hey, I'm going to be at Rainier in 
whatever, July, will I be able to see wildflowers? You can check there. Let me ask you, I just read in my local newspaper about the new WTA ADA guide. Yay. So uh, that was a really cool article and I was really uh, stoked. So tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking to folks, we've been hoping to make this for, for years and years, finally got enough money to be able to implement this and, and put some, some real work on it. And uh, we were lucky enough to have some wheelchair hiking, some folks who use wheelchairs to hike, give us advice about this. So I, last year, I had a few of these people uh, do a little research for us to confirm we're actually wheelchairs friendly. And um, they did that for us. And we took that information and tried to extrapolate it out to some other trails across Washington. The thing that I really found most interesting with this wheelchair friendly filter, there was a couple of things. One was the you know, just the desire of the wheelchair hiking community, not necessarily for a list of trails that are wheelchair friendly, but details beyond that, you know, they really highlighted for me, everybody's got a different chair, everybody's got a different comfort level, you know, please, what we need is the, the details about the trail that might make it wheelchair friendly. And then let us like, so that we can make the decision about whether or not we can actually do it, which I thought was a really nice point of clarification and nice detail that we we tried to incorporate right and then with trip reports too and people saying hey i just did this in my chair and you know came across this or yeah yeah i'm very excited to hopefully see more trip reports coming in and you know now that we have this filter i'm also hoping to get more information about more trails in the area that might be that might be uh wheelchair friendly i think we launched the filter and we ended up with 125 across Washington. I just added another one today that I found out in um, Colville. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Super exciting. Yeah. That is very exciting. Yeah. Have, have we covered your personal most favorite hike in the entire state? <laughs> no. <laughs> so we need to cover that one. Oh man. Uh, my, my answer, you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> I'm, you're, I'm not about whether I like it or not like it. I mean, you know, uh, my answer is always, it's the hike I just did because it's always the one I remember, obviously the most recently. Correct. Um, there are so many, Washington is so varied. You know, if somebody's coming to visit Washington, I think the, the image that people have in their head of Washington is of this very green mountainous area. That's very rainy and there's lots of that i grew up in longview uh the peninsula is like that southwest washington's like that but there's so many other landscapes in washington to spend time in recreationally that it's really hard for me to pick a favorite because like i told you earlier i love that lunar landscape of mount st helens i also yep. love the, the beach and i love being at the top of a mountain i mean sourdough mountain was one of my favorite hikes even though it was so hard because you just bust out in this beautiful alpine meadow with these gorgeous views of the pickets and the North Cascades. So it's all so beautiful that the left, you know, it's hard for me to pick. The last place I went was the peninsula. So I went on a backpacking trip to the Elwha River Valley and it was gorgeous. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Just like everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing I've said numerous times and I'll say it again on this show, but um, if we were to make Seattle the epicenter, well, I mean, we have high alpine lakes, we have a desert, we got the rolling wheat fields of the Palouse. We have two national parks with the Olympic National Park, or three, North Cascades National Park and Mount Rainier National Park. You know, you have 
Portland to the south, if you're looking for an urban adventure, you got Vancouver, Canada, a different country mm-hmm. to the north for two hours. You got mm-hmm. the beach. You could have the sandy beach or you could have the rocky beach, depending on what part of the beach you want to experience. I mean, yeah, rainforest, it's wild. The amount of very diverse ecosystems that we have and then all the corresponding trails and hikes Mm -hmm. to experience those. So it's a real treat and pleasure to have that in our state. It really is. I feel really lucky to live here, to have so much so accessible. You're right. When you say Seattle is the epicenter, that's a great way of putting it. It really is kind of real far Eastern Washington, like the Colville or the Umatilla. Nothing is more than three hours away. Right. Well, even that, that's five and a half hours. I mean, that's yeah. You know, I mean, it's not a day drive, right. but that's an but it's easy not. overnight or a weekend, you know, go out Friday after work and then yeah. explore and hike on Saturday and come home on Sunday and you're, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really fabulous. So I know you guys just launched the wheelchair friendly feature of the WTA website on WTA.org, mm-hmm. but any future little nuggets or things you can share kind of that might be on the horizon a little Anything you can tease for WTA? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, if you create a My Backpack account, which I really recommend, like I said at the beginning of this, it helps you save hikes. It's a good thing to come back to if you're looking for something to do Thursday night, Friday night, great activity, scan your My Backpack. We last year had a hike recommender tool that we launched as a pilot for the summer um, that what it does is it looks at the hikes that you've saved in your backpack and it recommends hikes. It thinks you might like based on those. So that tool launched last year. I also big shout out W in case this hasn't been very obvious WTA really relies on volunteer work and that's in the, on trail, but also on our website, our hiking guide is largely volunteer written. I manage a team of volunteer writers and a group of volunteers built this hike recommender tool for us, which is pretty remarkable, but we're going to do version 2.0 this year. And if you get your My Backpack account, save some hikes in My Backpack. In the next month or so, we are supposed to be launching the Hike Recommender internal information. But yeah. Super exciting. You hear it first. Yeah, you hear it, you it heard first. it first. <laughs> you heard it first. Yeah. Anything else you would like to add as we wrap this up? I think it's super important to get out there and recreate get and see what you need to see, spend the time you need to spend out in nature. And just remember that you're sharing trails and sharing spaces with everyone else who's doing the same thing. It's been a stressful couple of years. And if you can be as kind as you can to the people you see out there, that's really kind of my vibe. (laughs) But yeah, you know, if you see, if you see folks out there, give them a smile, say, Hey, kind of my jam. Oh, and the one thing I just want to cover real quick Mm -hmm. on trail etiquette. You're mm-hmm. coming down. I'm going up the trail. Mm-hmm. Who gives who the right of way? Oh, yeah. Um, so lots of people don't know this. And I actually don't think it's particularly intuitive. But the person coming uphill has right of way. Yes. Um, so when you're, if you're coming downhill, you see somebody kind of moving up, um, stand to the side. Sometimes I've had this happen more and more where both people get off to the side. And it's sort of like, no, come on, no, come on you know, just do whatever feels natural. The, the standard is people coming uphill up the right away. There you go. You heard it first and last trail etiquette. All right, Anna, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with me here on RV out West. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and have lots of fun and amazing miles under your boots this summer. 
Thanks, Brooks. This is fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. You take care. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. It's time for our pit stop. And in this pit stop, I'm going to be talking about Nomi. There are many meanings in the Urban Dictionary, but the one I am referring to is the old school meaning. Growing up in the pre-internet era, the term gnoming was the idea of stealing a person's lawn gnome and then taking that gnome on worldly travels. Upon your return, you would take the gnome back to its original owners and leave a photo book of the gnome on their adventures. Growing up, I never quite could believe if this myth was fiction or indeed if it was fact. It was always something that resonated as a good idea in my book. I swore to my middle school self that I would do this one day. Fast forward life at 10x speed and now I find myself in my mid to late 40s. I was on a walk recently with our children and Miss Penelope, our blue Boston Terrier, and noticed our neighbor at the end of the block has two gnomes. One is all yellow and the other is the more traditional garden gnome with the red hat and the blue shirt. But this gnome had faded over time. Much like myself, I started having feelings for this gnome, and now I had not quite gone to the depths of naming this gnome yet, but I'm sure that was going to happen. Now, back to this walk with the children and our dog. I regaled them with the story of the traveling gnome. I sold it to them like a person who sells ketchup popsicles to people in white gloves. My somewhat innocent and honest children were ready to steal our neighbor's lawn gnome and take it with us as we travel across country this summer. They negotiated their own morals for about a block as Penelope sniffed our neighbor's lawns and my children said, well, technically we are not stealing. We will return the gnome, but do not fear. I put the kibosh on their mischievous plan and we began to hatch our own idea. It is a grand plan. And I am thrilled today that I can finally let this proverbial cat out of the bag. Here, in our base camp city, is the HQ of a fine purveyor of pop culture, Funko. Founded in 1998, they are an institution here in Everett, Washington. People from around the world flock here to get their Funko freakness on. It's awesome. Oftentimes, when they are releasing new Funko Pops, a line can often be found snaking its way down the sidewalk and around the block, all leading to the flagship's front door. In the spirit of gnoming, I have located the perfect Funko Pop for our cross-country adventures, tying in now a little piece of where we're from and taking it with us as we traverse across the country. We are bringing... Cousin Eddie. As we prepare and begin to start our road trip, we will be bringing Cousin Eddie along with us. Like a spirit animal, Cousin Eddie will be our guardian who guides us to adventure. If you are not giving RV Out West a follow on Instagram, you may just want to, as our Cousin Eddie Funko Pop will be popping up and sharing in our adventures. We will be using the hashtag FollowFunko so you can follow along. Think of it as a modern-day gnoming without the criminal activity of theft. So join us, and let's just find out together how this will all unfold. In our next episode in two weeks, we will learn about a game that is played in real time and can easily be played while you're RVing and exploring. 
All you need is a smartphone or GPS and a sense of adventure. We will be chatting with Chris Ronan, Senior Public Relations Manager for the Seattle-based adventure game company, Geocache. In the meantime, please be sure to share with your friends and family about this podcast and head over to Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Podcasts and leave this show a rating and a review. If you've not yet subscribed to the show, please do so, so that way you'll never miss an episode. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like me to discuss, please contact me at rv.out.west at gmail.com. Now, get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.